Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. Yeah, a very special episode. If you guys listen, last week I told you about the disappearance of Scott and Amy Fandel, and we were able to sit down with their uncle, Terry, and talk to him about the story from his eyes. He has a very active Facebook page dedicated to Scott and Amy and is really looking for answers. So without further ado, here is our interview with Terry. Good morning. Welcome to an episode, a very special episode of Crime Over Coffee. And we're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. And today we have a special guest here for you. So we'd like to welcome Terry. Hello. We've all got our coffee here. <laughs> we met at a coffee shop, believe it or not. So we're we're ready to go. <laughs> yep. So we're going to ask Terry a couple questions about the case of Scott and Amy Fandel. Terry, if you want to just go ahead and get us started with just what you remember about the case actually happening that day, um, finding out the information about when Amy and Scott did go missing. Okay. Uh, It was September 5th, 1978. Uh, I I was in the Marine Corps at the time. I received a phone call from one of my sisters, and I was told that Scott and Amy had disappeared. And then I learned the story from phone calls and you know, uh, et cetera, from that day. I didn't go up there. I did not. My sisters went up to Alaska, but uh, the scenario is is this, is that uh, Margaret and Roger Fandel were having troubles. Uh, They're married, and Scott and Amy were in the the cabin with them on Scout Loop Road in in, uh, Sterling, Alaska. Uh, Margaret was alone. Roger had left. He had a girlfriend, Kathy Nichols and uh, left Margaret, you know, with the children. And so my sister Kathy Schoenfelder received a call from Margaret to come to Alaska to live with her for a while. So uh, Kostas Mamalakaikas, who was Margaret's employer at a restaurant, Mar- Margaret was a, she was a waitress, um, paid for Kathy's airfare uh, to Alaska. So Kathy arrives in Alaska, and uh, they go to the cabin. Uh, Margaret and Kathy uh, want to celebrate. They uh, they go out to some local bars with Scott and Amy in tow, and they go to a bar called uh, Good Time Charlie's, and uh, they're there t- until about 10 o'clock uh, when Margaret and Kathy decide to take Scott and Amy back to the, the cabin. Uh, they do that, and, uh, and Margaret and Kathy continue celebrating in town. They came back about 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, there was nothing amiss. Uh, there was a, the, I suppose the odd thing about it is that there was a, Scott liked to eat this uh, macaroni and tomato which was one of my things, too, when I was a child. Oh, really? <laughs> I, loved it. I loved it. Anyway, uh, so he had left a, uh, there was a hot pot of, uh, of water, boiling, actually I think it was boiling or, or very hot, on the stove, so he must have been up around 2 o'clock. So I believe they got, they got back to the cabin at 2 o'clock, 
And uh, so Scott was preparing this thing. He had school in the morning. Uh, Margaret, I guess they saw that. They must have seen that. You know, they, they assumed that Scott and Amy were in their bedroom, bedrooms. And uh, so they went to bed. They, they were more than likely, they had had some alcohol, and they were, uh, you know, I don't know what their status was at that moment, but I'm sure that they had, you know, had some, uh, quite a bit of alcohol. Anyway, so uh, uh, Kathy goes to bed, Margaret goes to bed. Margaret gets up early in the morning to go to work, and uh, she does not check on Scott and Amy. Kathy slept in late and got up. Uh, Margaret calls the school, uh, I think, I believe it's right around 9 o'clock, 8 or 9 o'clock, I'm not sure of the time, uh, to talk to Amy, and Amy is not there. And so Margaret starts to panic, and Kathy checks their bedroom, and they're not there. Uh, Margaret is told by the school that Amy had not shown up for, you know, for school that day. So that then everything just started happening. Margaret made some phone calls, obviously, then eventually called the police. The police came in. Uh, my sisters flew up there. My mother flew up there. The one thing I'd like to say, I'm not sure if I've, if I've mentioned this before, but, but uh, I think it was two days later, Roger Fandel uh, came into the cabin and my, sis my sisters witnessed this. He came in, he was waving a gun, and he grabs Margaret by the hair, and he says this, he says, they're after me, not you, pulls her hair, okay? Um, so, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was kind of uh, telling, uh, I thought. So, this is all, all these things what I'm talking about are all about the morning of the disappearance, okay? And so from there, then it blew into this very large case with all of these twists and turns and, and uh, the psychics and everything else. So. I want to kind of back up a little. You said Roger, when he came into the cabin saying that they were coming for him, or who was the they that he was referring well, to? I don't know. You're not sure? Okay, well, here's the thing. Maybe we ought to cover the, the scenarios, mm -hmm. perhaps. Uh, the possible scenarios, there, there's, there are three or four. And uh, one, of course, is the, and I'll just get this out of the way, and that's the pedophile thing, that somebody saw Scott and Amy with uh, Margaret and Kathy at Good Time Charlie's, and they, they followed them home and then grabbed Scott and Amy uh, I just want to get that out of the way. Okay. That is one that we came across when we were looking online, so it is. The ones that are more plausible, I think, is that Roger Fandel was a wild cat within the, the Pipefitter Union. Uh, Alaska back then was the wild, wild west. They were building that, the, that pipeline, the Alaskan pipeline. So there's a lot of, a lot of prostitution, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, all this stuff, because they, they catered, you know, catered to these uh, uh, pipe fitters. Roger was a member of the pipe fitter union, but he was causing strikes within the union. And so this came up during the investigation. It came up, came up pretty quickly, actually, that, um, that the union may have threatened the children or taken the children in re retaliation 
uh, to Roger Fandel, okay? So that could be who he was talking about when he said they were coming for me. Well, that's, that's one, one part of it. The other part of, part of it is, is our drugs, cocaine. Uh, so this came up, too, in that, that he may have had a large uh, debt with a drug dealer, and they threatened him, and they grabbed the children. And uh, so that's another thing, too. The person who knows all this, by the way, is, is, is Roger Fandel, but he's not talking. He will not talk. And uh, so we're, we're, left, we're left to, uh, you know, to make our own uh, uh, decisions about that. But uh, anyway. I guess before we get too far ahead, too, with the theories, I am curious. Um, they searched. I saw that they searched the area around the house, the cabin. They didn't find any evidence or anything like around there, did they? I don't think they found any evidence of a struggle. Mm-hmm. They did find some, some shell casings, but... You're right about that. It's typical. Mm-hmm. You know, they lived. They lived in a cabin out in the wilderness. Yeah. And so it's very common for people to shoot and to, you know do this. So I don't think that was. I don't even think that was related actually. But but. Uh, that was my thought when I came across it. I was wondering if it could be, but it also just as easily could not be related. So with Roger and him possibly being involved or having conflict with people who could have been involved. You said that he he hasn't been helping out with an investigation or anything like that. Actually, his family has never lifted a finger. Uh, the only communication I've ever had with Roger Fandel during this case is when I went up to, uh, to meet with uh, that group, that mm-hmm. psychic and that group of citizens who were going to dig up a pedophile's Basement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after I came back, and I had a bad, you know, I had a negative experience with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, very negative. And uh, Roger Fandel called me and uh, threatened me. And he said, he said, uh, he says, do not fuck with that group up in, up in Alaska. I said, what are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, hey, Roger, how you doing? And then all of a sudden, he comes out with this, this, you know, threatening thing, so. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Did the police investigate much into the case at all? Did they investigate Roger or other avenues of what well, could they, possibly they, happen? They, they were, you know, they're like anybody else, I suppose. They're, uh, they were pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was just so much. There was so much coming in, and, and uh, you didn't know what was valid or not. They did investigate Roger, yes. Uh, but I don't know how far that investigation went. So... If I'm correct, Roger was living in a different state at the time of this, right? He was in Arizona, I believe, yes. Okay, so did they check and see if he was missing, or if he was in Arizona at the time that the kids went missing? Well, I would hope they would have. 
I mean, I, I didn't know if there was, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, these are the things that we'd like to hope that they do, but sometimes there's little things that are skipped. So mm-hmm, sure. And then, um, another thing I came across and, you know, we've talked before we talked on the phone and we talked a little bit about it, but later on Roger's girlfriend, Kathy, there was some talk about her offering to give information about what happened to Scott and Amy for money. Is there validity to that? or was Well, it there is, because uh, I guess uh, Roger Fandel and Kathy Nichols, that's, that's the girl's mm-hmm. name, had broken up. And uh, Kathy, I guess, was in need of money. And she was with Roger at the time of the disappearance, by the way. And she went to Herman Fandel, who was Roger's uncle, and... Uh, I told him that if, if he gave her $5,000, that, that uh, she would divulge what happened to the children. But Herman did not do it. Do you think there was any validity in her thinking she knew? I do, actually. Yes, I do. She was there. She was living with Roger at the time. Absolutely, I do. But she did not make the offer to me, and, uh, and not to my family. And Herman turned it down. You do know about the animosity between Herman and Roger Fandel. Only a little bit. I know that they weren't friendly and... Um, they were hostile to each other. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what was causing that. That was... Uh, my understanding is it, it was because of Roger's wildcatting. Oh, okay. Causing strikes within the union. That's my understanding. And Roger Fandel had the police, the state police, dig up Herman Fandel's front yard. Drop, you know, drop the dime on him or something. Mm-hmm. What you want to call it? And uh, I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty severe. But what does that say? What does that say? I mean, what does it mean? Yeah. If he's involved in it, then why in the hell is he paying somebody to go dig up his yard? Well, the the police paid for it. Oh, the police paid. The police did it. Okay. But why would he do that? Don't know. Unless Herman. It is very. It's if it means like if. He didn't suspect something, and he just did that. It is weird. It's strange to call the police or, you know, drop a dime, like you said, to have them do that unless there was something going on. The only thing is this, is that maybe it is about... I'm getting a little goosebumpy here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. You're fine. But um, maybe it is that, that Herman was involved in it, too. Yeah. And that Roger became aware of that, and uh, and that Roger had, you know, some some knowledge of it, and uh, and sent the state police to Herman's house to, but it's that's very odd. The whole thing's really odd. Where was Herman living at the time of? He was in Soldatna, or in Kenai. They're, they're oh, they're in the really, same. They're very close. Oh, areas. okay. So he was around. He was close. A gentleman called what was his name they called him like mr w that lived in sterling and he was opening up some motel in um anchorage and he was apparently part of some sex trafficking ring and people were trying to figure out if they could connect him to the disappearances um and i saw that he offered a reward of like five thousand dollars for information about scott and amy well yes uh you you remind me actually I'm not sure if it was him, but somebody did. I, I was pretty heavily involved with this at one mm-hmm. time. I mean, phone calls, did a lot of research. 
my notes are gone. I gave my notes, all of my notes, to Margaret. And where they are today, I, I really I can't tell you. Uh, but somebody had, um, they were putting together some money. And, uh, and I'm not sure if it's that fellow. Mm -hmm. But I eventually gave the money to somebody else. I donated it. I did something to it. I'm not sure. I don't recall. But I gave that money from that account to some organization or something, whatever. I will tell you this, is that I learned that Roger Fandel, that somebody had put together a $10,000 uh, reward or whatever, and I was told that Roger Fandel took that money for himself. Oh. So, you know. Yikes. <laughs> but he appears to be the bad guy. I've noticed in my research that he pops up a lot in the speculation part of what could have happened obviously with his issues with the union and you know everything you've mentioned and that was something why a big reason we wanted to talk to you about it is because you can have a deep obviously have a better understanding of it than we do because we don't even know the family or know Roger so it's hard to kind of gauge what a person's capable of if you've never even met him. Well, actually, Roger's always promoted this image of himself as a, a real tough cookie. And he was a tough guy. He was tough. There's no question about that. The entire family, Herman had the same kind of image. The entire family, actually, in talking to Stacy Fandel, the entire family, uh, uh, there's a lot of ego. The, ma the males have a lot of ego. And they don't get along for that reason. So uh, I guess it's perhaps it's genetic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't very know. well could be. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the nature of that family. But they have never, ever reached out to, uh, to me mm -hmm. or to anyone uh, in my family, except for Stacy Fandel. And that only happened like three months ago. Oh, really? So why do you think they haven't reached out to you? I think they know. The hope would be that you guys are all after the same goal to figure out the answers of what happened to Scott and Amy. And I think that if that is the goal, then everybody would be working together and putting differences aside. It didn't happen. I went to California. I don't know if you read this. I did. Yeah. I read some and of your Facebook posts. on Roger Fandel's father's door. Mm -hmm. And I asked him if he could, if he would talk to me about this thing, and he, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Would not do Which it. Which I do remember her telling me about that. Mm -hmm. It just sucks that they couldn't put things aside to try to help figure it out. Didn't happen. Yeah. So it's either, you know, it's, it's either this. It's either that, that, uh, that they felt that way or they know. Mm -hmm. And I do want to talk about the Amy that was on Facebook mm -hmm. that people kind of speculated could be Amy. You know what I'm talking about? You told me your sister talked to you and saying it wasn't her. Amy Fandel Johnson. Yeah. You know how I found her. Well, I, I've been tracking Roger for quite a while. And uh, so I was on Facebook and I went through his, uh, his friends list. Mm -hmm. And boom, Amy Fandel Johnson. Blonde hair, looks like her born within the same year, you know, and I thought, hey, you know, maybe she's been hiding in plain sight, you know, forever. And uh, so I posted that picture, and then a lot of people came in and, 
they saw the resemblance, they saw mm-hmm. this and that and the whole work. So, but what happened after that is, as soon as she started uh, getting some, uh, what would I call it, not- notoriety perhaps, uh, about this, Amy Fandel Johnson shut down her, her Facebook page. Yeah. Roger shut down his friends list. Okay. And so, and when I talked to Stacy Fandel, who presented that, the pictures, mm-hmm. you know, saying that that's her sister and all that stuff, we had a video chat and uh, she sent me, some, I've, and I've got a transcript of some of this, but uh, she uh, sent me pictures of, of a person, you know, they're, you know, probably four or five year old kids. And uh, she said one was, was, uh, was Amy Fandel. And uh, I don't know if I buy it. That's why I was going to ask if you believed it or not. Well, there's a there's a problem, and uh, that is uh, let's we can you can link these things together. It's kind of right there when uh, Tamson Fandel blurted out to Tina Tuber, who is Roger Fandel's sister, that she had a sister by the name of Amy. Roger got upset and boom left. He moved out of state, didn't he? After that, he was, I think he was in Montana at that time. I'm not really. He's moved around quite a bit, you know. So you look at that, and you look at this girl. You look at look at, and you you know you think you're making you're making a connection there. I presented that information to the National Center uh, for Missing and Exploited Children. I used to deal with them all the time. By the way, Jerry Nance was a caseworker back then. Okay. So I tried to get them to look at her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know what they did because I was cut off. My sister cut me off from talking. She has a right to do that as a yeah. parent. Yeah. But she's told them not to talk to me anymore. And uh, so I couldn't, I, they wouldn't listen to me. So, you know. We did get your photos, by the way, the yeah. one you sent of Margaret in front of the cabin. She was beautiful. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Beautiful sure. girl. It was a beautiful picture, too. Mm hmm. So if that Amy Fandel Johnson that was on Facebook is Amy Fandel, where, like, what's, what's Scott doing? Like, what, what do you uh, think I is don't with know. Scott? Uh, you know, the key really, uh, the key would be Amy. Where Scott is, there is a Scott Fandel out in Arizona. And he uh, is supposed to be the son of Gary Fandel. Gary Fandel was in Alaska at the time of the, the disappearance. Gary Fandel had an airplane. And they felt, the investigators uh, thought that perhaps Gary Fandel had flown the children out of the state. Yeah, are you aware of that? No, I did not okay. know that. So this uh, Scott Fandel was supposed to be Gary Fandel's son. Uh, but I, you know, not being a cop, not being all this and, you know, and chasing up all these leads and I had to work and I had to make a living and I just simply could not do it, so... Um, I've never been able to verify any of that. Well, we were really excited when she found your Facebook page to see that there's still family out there that's really fighting for answers because we do so many of these cases and sometimes we feel like sometimes they just get kind of lost behind. So it was really cool to see how much you're advocating for finding, like finding answers about Scott and Amy for the family. Well, you know, you're right. Families will let these things go. Well, they have to live. They have to raise their families. This is a dangerous situation. Could be a dangerous situation, and uh, but they have to live their lives. So they move on. And I, I'm single. I don't have a family. 
I suppose I have the luxury of, of doing this, but it eats at me a lot. It gets, it sticks in my craw that, that a man would do, do something so evil uh, to someone, yeah. you know? I mean, to cause so much hurt, you know? Um, so I had a couple questions about the neighbor kids for it with Scott and Amy. The Luptons, yeah. Yes. I was like, I can't remember the last Lupton, name. Lupton, yeah. Um, so they were at their house the night. They were there. And what time did they leave? Just to get clarification, do you know? What time did they leave where? The neighbor kid's house and then go I, home? Uh, I... I think it was like only like an hour. Because, weren't they? It was like eleven o'clock. It was like eleven. That's what we found. But I wanted. I wanted to like yeah. check with you to make sure our like what we're finding is accurate. Because Lupton sent them home. Mm-hmm. That's what okay. we found. Because they had school the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also saw. So what we saw was a little bit different than what you had said. So I want to clarify. Okay. Um, was that because you said that um, Margaret called the school to talk to Amy? They said that she wasn't there, and then. Kathy checked and they weren't in the beds. What she had seen was that that Margaret had called the school to talk to Amy, and then they said that Amy wasn't there, but Margaret couldn't leave work, and so it wasn't until she got home from work the neighbor kids came over to see the kids because they weren't at school that day, and then that's when they started to do the like. That could be okay. That could be. I may have. That, I, I just wasn't sure because I was like, I mean, sometimes when we research this, one source says something, you know one source says another. So I just want to clarify. This is why I, this is. I thought about doing a timeline, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a whole lot there. You could do a timeline of that whole thing, and mm-hmm. you, so it's yeah, very short. Yeah. yeah, it is a very short timeline. Yeah. I just I wanted to make sure that no. we had the right timeline. No, thank you. Thank, yeah, thanks. Uh, you do know about the meeting between Roger Fandel and his nephew. I think we talked about this in Las Vegas, right? Oh, yes. Um, remind me of it. I do I recall it. Where Roger told... Margaret had a relationship with this nephew as well. And uh, he told Margaret that Roger told him in a, in a hotel room in Las Vegas that... Uh, here's what he said. He says, I really fucked Margaret over in a, uh, in a, flip, a flippant, you know manner and uh so i don't know you put all that stuff together and what is it it's a lot of stuff that you can't help you can't ignore it you know it all makes it fits together in a way but i feel like there's still like there's holes in it it's a lot of circumstantial evidence and there's not like that physical evidence that like shows it that is 100 percent provable unless we go and start doing dna tests on people that are found all right so i think what we'll do is we'll kind of wrap up for today okay um thank you so much thank you thank you we we will god bless you obviously continue communication and you know um sharing you're the first ones you are the first ones who have stepped up uh to help in any way shape or form it's all been smoke and mirrors for 40 years well we always want to see cases get solved Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. 
Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.